In this class, we are going to continue the laws of Bishul. Uh, after the few classes that we gave as an introduction to the dinam of Bishul, of Klirishin, Klisheni, the definition of Bishul meaning changing something through heat. Klirishin is the pot that's on the fire that has the ability to cook everything. Klisheni is the pot that you poured into it that has the ability to cook a number of things, many things it has the ability to cook with the exception of liquids and certain spices. There's also a concept of a klesheni that Halacha discusses what's called ambatya, and that means a klesheni, even though it's the second vessel and it wasn't on the fire, but it's extremely, extremely hot. Now, normal klesheni, we said, as long as it's yatsa ledesbei, which is about 110 degrees, klesheni has the ability to cook some things, certain things it doesn't have the ability to cook. But there are opinions that hold if a clay shaney is very, very hot. For instance, if you take a kettle, take it off the fire and the water is boiling and you pour it into a glass, that glass is going to approximately be probably 200 degrees plus. Then there are many opinions that say that that heat of a clay shaney does have the ability to cook everything. And because of that, many people have the custom of using a klishlishi on Shabbos, which is the third vessel. Now we'll discuss some of the practical ways of dealing with some of the common practices that happen in the kitchen on Shabbos. Now number one, if you have a pot of soup, you don't take out food, or cholent for that matter. A pot of food that's on the fire the custom is not to take out any food from a clerician on Shabbos. The reason for that is because by taking out food, it is in certain respects stirring the food, mixing the food. And therefore the din is, we are machmer, not to take out food from a clerician, which is directly on the fire. So if you want to serve your cholent, you need to take it off the fire. If a cholent is in a crock pot, you need to remove it from the mechanism of the crockpot before you take out any cholent. Altrebbe also implies to be machmer that even if the pot is off the fire, you don't stir it and you don't mix it. Because we're afraid there might be some parts of the food which is not completely cooked yet, and by stirring it, we're going to be mixing it and therefore cooking it. So therefore, Altrebbe writes to take out food while the pot is on the fire where machmer not to do. He says it's better to be machmer that even if the pot is off the fire we still don't stir it but nevertheless you could take food out of the pot with a ladle or a spoon as long as you don't actually mix it. The same thing applies to covering a pot. <clears throat> a pot, by covering a pot which is left uncovered it, according to halacha, it is a form of stirring and a form of mixing. Because if you put a cover, a pot on the cover, then what you're doing is the heat rises to the pot cover, then bounces back down, and it is a form of halachic stirring. Therefore, this is a very practical din that people need to know. If you left the pot on the fire at the beginning of Shabbos, and the food was not completely cooked, it is forbidden to cover the pot <clears throat> while it to cover the pot period because 
by covering it, you're going to be causing cooking to take place because the food is not completely cooked. Even if the food is completely cooked, it's preferable not to put the cover on while the pot is on the fire. Now, if you have a blech, and the laws of a blech, we will cover it in a different class. If you have a blech, and the pot is directly over the fire, in other words, the pot is on the blech, but the, where the pot is directly over the fire, it's preferred not to cover the pot, even if the food is completely cooked. The preferable thing is to move it to another part of the blech, which is not, completely, which is not directly on the fire, and then we cover the pot. Or to remove the pot from the fire, and as we will learn the dinam of Chazar, of returning the pots to a blech, you take it off the fire, you cover it, and then you put it back on the fire. But that's only if the food is completely cooked. If the food is not completely cooked, you're not allowed to cover a pot on Shabbos because that in hand, in speeds up <coughs> the cooking process which is forbidden on Shabbos. <coughs> as far as pouring water into a cup. So the best thing is, whenever you pour water into a cup or a glass, the cup or the glass have to be dry. If you're going to pour from a kettle into a glass that you just rinsed out and there's some liquid, some water left in the glass, pouring water from a kettle, which is a clearition, on top of the water, which is cold, will cook it. And therefore, when you want to either refill a cup or for the first time pour water from a kettle directly into a cup, we need to make sure that the cup is dry. If the liquid which is in the cup was cooked already and it is still warm, then you are allowed to put water from a clearation from the kettle itself onto this water and the reason for that is as we discussed there is no cooking after cooking by liquid if the food is still warm. But if the food, if the water cooled off completely, then it is forbidden to pour hot water into this cup that has water in it. The same thing applies with the ladle. When you take food out, let's say you take soup out with a ladle and you pour it into a bowl, and the ladle was left out, and now you're going to put the ladle back into this hot pot of soup, which is a cladition, even though it's off the fire, the ladle has to be dry unless if the liquid in the ladle is still warm. If it's still warm, then you could put it back into the pot and there's no problem of bishel because there's no cooking after cooking by liquid if it's still warm. If the liquid already cooled off completely because the ladle was left out for a while, so then the din is you have to dry the ladle before you put it back into the cladition, back into the pot. So therefore, if you want to, let's say, uh, make a cup of coffee. Let's say you're talking about making instant coffee, which let's say you're going to be using instant coffee with sugar. So the proper procedure of making this coffee on Shabbos is to take from a kettle, pour it into an empty glass, and then pour it from the empty glass into another glass, making it what's called a klishlishi, the third vessel. Then you can add the instant coffee, you can add the sugar, you can add whatever you want. According to most opinions, you could do something else. You could pour water from the kettle into a glass, and at the same time you can have the instant coffee and sugar already in the other glass, 
and then you could pour what's called Iri Klesheni, pouring from the Klesheni, from the second vessel, directly over the coffee and sugar. That's not a problem. Some people just like to use a Klishlishi, so they'll take from the kettle into a glass, into another glass, and then they will add the coffee and sugar. The same thing if you want to add salt to a hot bowl of soup. According to the Altarebbe, it is forbidden to put salt into a hot klisheni. Into a klishlishi, it's allowed. And now there's a very interesting argument in Aloha. What is the din of the ladle? Now when we take, let's say we have a pot of soup. We take, put the ladle into the soup and pour it into a bowl. So the question is, as we have discussed, is this ladle a klishen, because it went inside the pot of soup, or is it a klisheni, or is it a second vessel, and therefore the bowl of soup would be a klishlishi. So there's a lot of different opinions in halacha what status the ladle has. The accepted ruling is that if the ladle is left in the klishen for an extended period of time, the ladle becomes a klishen. If the ladle is going in and out, and it's not remaining in the hot klishen for an extended period of time, so then the ladle would be a klisheni, then the bowl of soup would be a klishlishi, and then you would be allowed to add salt into the soup. But if this bowl of soup is a klisheni, the second vessel, according to the Altarebbe, you are not allowed to put salt into that bowl of soup, and as we discussed, you cannot put challah, crackers, or anything baked for that matter, because the Altarebbe says, even in the Klisheni, there is Bishel Acher <clears throat> there is considered cooking after baking, and because a Klisheni does have the ability to cook many things, we know it cannot cook liquid or spices, but other things it possibly could cook, so therefore if the bowl of soup would be a Klisheni, it would be forbidden to put salt, it would be forbidden to put uh, chalo or matzah or crackers. It would also be forbidden to put croutons into the soup if the croutons were baked. Then it would also be forbidden to put it in a klisheni. But if the ladle is going in and out, and therefore the ladle has a din of a klisheni, we can assume the bowl of soup has a din of a klishlishi, and then it would be allowed to add whatever you want. Uh, what happens if somebody has noodles, or as it's called in Yiddish, lakshin, and they have soup, and they want to add lakshin to the soup. So if the lakshin is cooked, and even if it's cold, but it's completely cooked, you're allowed to add the lakshin into a klisheni. And the reason for that is the lakshin is already cooked, so the lakshin cannot become recooked, even in a klish, especially in a klisheni. Even if the lakshin is wet, we learned that a klisheni does not have the ability to cook liquids. So therefore, there's no problem if you have a bowl with soup, a klisheni, then you add the noodles, which is the preferred way of doing it, that you first add the soup and then you add the noodles. If somebody wants to make tea on Shabbos, tea is a little bit stricter than the dinam of coffee. Coffee was already roasted, coffee is, is dry, even though Adal Treba holds it does have a din of wet because it dissolves and therefore it has a din of wet liquid rather than dry. But tea, 
The Paskim write, tea leaves, in order to make tea, you need to have a klishlishi. Which means, if you want to make a cup of tea with a tea bag, you take from the kettle into a glass, pour from the glass into another glass, and then you add the tea bag. There are other issues concerning the tea bag. For instance, many times people, what's called steeping the tea, they will pick the bag up and down, which is forbidden to do on Shabbos, because that is straining. The tea bag becomes the strainer, and therefore you'll be straining liquids on Shabbos, which is forbidden. So if you want to make tea with a klishlishi on Shabbos, you pour from a kettle into a glass, into an, another glass, and then you put the tea bag in. The best thing is not to pull the tea bag out of the water, just let it sit in the water itself until the tea becomes made. There is a question about removing the tea bag from the cup of tea. There are many poskim that say it could be a question of beirut, of separation. Even though we're not learning beirut now, but very briefly, there's a din of selection. You're not allowed to select bad from good on Shabbos. Bad from good means what you want is good, what you don't want is bad. If you're removing a tea bag from a cup of tea, meaning you don't want the tea bag in the tea, so then it could be a question of removal. Some poskim write, it's not considered removal because it's not really mixed, it's separated, you see it clearly, and therefore the din of beta wouldn't apply, but many opinions say it would apply. Now, if somebody needed the tea bag for somebody else's cup of tea, then there wouldn't be a problem removing it from the tea because then you're taking the good because you want the tea bag also, and then you're putting it into somebody else's glass for a cup of tea. So the preferred way of doing tea would be with a klishlishi. Some people are very careful that they make tea in a different way. Before Shabbos, they make tea essence, which means they'll take a number of tea bags before Shabbos, pour hot water over the tea bags, and make a very thick tea, a very heavy tea. And then they add that liquid tea into the hot water on Shabbos. In that case, you'd be able to put it even to a klisheni, unless, as we mentioned before, if the klisheni is extremely hot, it would be preferable to use a klishlishi, because many opinions say, and that's what Daldrebe holds, that if the klisheni is extremely hot, it still has the ability to cook liquids. And therefore, the best thing would be to use a klishlishi, but then you solve the issue of straining, you solve the issue of removing, you solve the issue of bishul, and it's much, a much better preferred way of doing it. Now, what happens if the tea bag is, or I'm sorry, the tea or the coffee cooled down? And then you want to make it a little bit of warm, uh, make it a little warmer. So the din is, if the water in the cup is still warm, you're allowed to pour water from a kettle into this water, or coffee, or tea, as long as it's still warm. Once it becomes cold, as we said, then you can't pour from a hot kettle into the water, into the tea or coffee, because you're going to be cooking the liquid. As far as warming a baby bottle on Shabbos, how does one warm a baby bottle on Shabbos? So, again, we mentioned before that a klisheni cannot cook liquids unless if it's very, very hot. But what somebody is allowed to do is take water from a kettle, put it into a, a kvart where you wash or any a basin, and then if it's not very, very hot water, you can add the baby bottle 
put the baby bottle into the water to, to warm it up. Or the best thing would be in that case, if it's a klisheni, is very hot, to put it into a klishlishi, and then there's definitely no problem because a klishlishi cannot cook any liquids whatsoever. In Mitzvah Shem, in the next class, we will continue some practical aspects of Bishel.